What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to be talking about my five favorite wide receivers to buy low in dynasty fantasy football. These guys that you can get out there for cheap, you know, the Henry Ruggs of the world, the Jalen Ragers of the world. Psych! That's the wrong number! Oh! I'm tired of all of this noise, boys. Stop buying these players low. They are low for a reason. All of these fantasy analysts are out there making these cookie cutter videos. Go buy Henry Ruggs, go buy Brian Edwards, go buy these wide receivers low. You can get them for pennies. You can get them for the price of pennies. For a reason these players are bad i'm personally you won't see me uh, we're gonna do a video in the future of my trades what i'm doing in dynasty but you will never see me go out and aim for a brian edwards a jalen rager any of these guys like a Nikhil harry a paris campbell these type of guys i've always been a believer that i want to buy players high in dynasty before they peak so you can get them before they ascend. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey before his breakout season or David Johnson before his breakout season, you can grab these players in Dynasty before they fully break out into top five performers. On the flip side, I'm trying to sell guys like Nikhil Harry, like Paris Campbell, like Henry Ruggs before people buy in or for, before people catch on that these players aren't actually good and you can still sell them. Not for, not for quite what you bought them for, but you can still sell them. I will say I've never done the research. I've never actually dove in. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dive in for ourselves. Look at the ADPs, see if it's better to buy high and sell low or sell high and buy low. Let's go. Now, before I get into the video, if at any point in time during the video, you guys are enjoying the content, you're fucking with what I'm spitting out here, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. It really helps us out in the algorithm. We hit a thousand subscribers a week or two ago. I'm feeling the love from you guys. Let's really push it into high gear here. I'm going to give you guys everything I got. We're going to be posting four, five, six, seven times a week from now until the end of redraft season. We're going to be kicking into high gear. Now, let's break down what we have today to even understand if you should buy high or sell low on players, anything like that. We have to set this whole we have to set this all up in Google Sheets on the Google Drive. You know, I'm a freak in those Google Sheets. So it's it's really hard to quantify this idea of buying high and selling low. So I zoned in on sophomore players because I think those are the ones that are the most traded in Dynasty and are the poster child for buying low. You know, you can type in Henry Ruggs buy low on YouTube, Twitter, anything that you want. Everyone's screaming this at the top of their lungs. You'll get 500 search results. Everybody's saying to go buy Henry Ruggs, go buy him low, go buy Jalen Rager low, Michael Pittman low, whoever you want to pick. So I took the top 24 rookies in startup ADP from 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017, and I charted all of their ADPs over the span of five seasons. So that's about 120 players. And this is going to be one QB ADP. Remember, back in 2013, no one was playing Superflex. Superflex really only got popular the last two years. We don't have the data for Superflex, but we're going to make the best of what we got. And charting the first five years of ADP data for these five draft classes, it tells us two things. From year one to year two, it tells us which rookies gained or lost value after one year. And from year two to year five, it tells us the value gained or lost since investing in that player. Because the whole idea is the player gains or loses ADP after year one, you then buy that player. You either buy them low or buy them high. And then from year two to three to three to four, from four to five, you're now either losing or gaining value from that initial investment. I think you guys are still with me. And on this list, I'm telling you, I dug deep. I put in a lot of work into this video, boys. We got guys like Eddie Lacy. We got any of your OGs out there. We got Leonte Carew, Rutgers product. So rep that New Jersey boy. He's like the biggest face player in the whole thing. I just want to say if I'm sweating, boys, oh, Jesus, I'm actually, I'm dead ass sweating. But we don't got the AC going in the, in the Stewart household yet. That's coming this week or next week. Remember, for all of you OGs out there, we moved into this house six months ago we're still getting things set up so if i'm sweating 
it's because I'm passionate about this shit, but it's also, it is hot. Even in the basement, it's hot, bro. I'm sweating right now, but I'm still going to deliver the hot takes. I don't know if it's the hot takes. I don't know if it's the passion. I don't know if it's the, the temperature. It's probably a mixture of all of them. For this video though, we got to identify the buy highs and the sell lows. So I found the average net game of a random top 24 rookie from year one to year two in ADP. So I just took the whole list and found out what from from year one to year two, what's the average amount of gain or loss in ADP? And the crazy part is, I thought that this was an error. I, I did this like six times. It's exactly zero. So before we even go on, let's let's what does that mean? It's rookies from year one to year two are stable assets, which we know. They they gain they they hold value from year one to year two. They don't gain value. They don't lose value. So what that tells me is that future picks might be the way to go. I, I, we might break this down in another video, but this is just a side note. If the average rookie gains no ADP from year one to year two, but we know that a rookie draft pick will always gain ADP from year one to year two to year three until you're on the clock, you should probably be punting a lot of your picks for, for rookie picks. But on the flip side of that, you have insane ups. You have a lot more upside. Like draft picks are much more stable, whereas rookies have that crazy upside. You know, you can hit on a Antonio Gibson. You can hit on a Justin Jefferson, etc. Anywho, the expectation is for a rookie to appreciate in value. So those who gained ADP, qualify as buy high candidates and those who lost ADP count as sell lows. The whole idea of this video is going to be me selling you guys on the idea of buying players high and selling them low. And we're going to test and see if that even makes sense, if that's even justified. And what we have to do is we have to define what a buy high candidate is. I'm going to leave out guys like Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney, he gained 120 picks in ADP, but he's still only going at pick 120. To me, he's not a buy high. You're not buying him high. It's not he's still cheaper than Rager, cheaper than Henry Ruggs, he's cheaper than all of those guys. So you're not quite, you're not like buying a premium asset, hoping that he becomes a wide receiver one. You're just kind of just placing a bet because he outperformed by a, a large amount. And then those are even tough bets to make because those guys like Jordan Howard that really overperform ADP in their first year and weren't supposed to be that great. They kind of revert back to the mean from what I saw in the data. So we're going to leave those guys out and I'm going to define a buy high as a top 50 startup pick in year two that gained value in ADP from year one to year two. And this gives us a list of the best dynasty assets of the last five years, pretty much. This is a list of about, there's 37 players that qualify from the original 120. You have guys like D-Hop, David Johnson, Derek Henry, Kamara, Michael Thomas, CMC, more guys on that list. They're all, or they're not all studs, but it's a very, very solid list of players that just fit that top 50 startup pick in year two, gained value from year one to year two. Then on the flip side, we're going to talk about the buy low candidates. The definition I chose is going to be top 200 year two ADP picks. So not that top 50, top 200. So they're still kind of buy lows and they lost ADP from year one to year two. This excludes the super fringe players. You know, they fall out of the top 200, like Antonio Gandy Golden last year. And there's, there's no reason to leave those in there because no one's trying to go buy Antonio, Antonio Gandhi Golden. He's undrafted now. He lost a bunch of ADP. No one's saying go buy him. I want to zero in the guys like Rager, Henry Ruggs type suspects. So top 200 picks in ADP lost ADP after year one. This is a rough, rough list. There is literally nine players of the 40 candidates that panned out. These are players that held or gained value through those three years after you bought them. And for wide receivers, the best case scenarios for your guys like Henry Ruggs, for Jalen Rager, for Paris Campbell, whoever you're going to buy low on, we're looking at Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, and Mike Williams. If Henry Ruggs ends up as any of those guys, would, would you be happy? Is that anything to hang your hat on? I'm not sure it would be. Now let's put these two groups of players up against each other. We have the 37 buy high candidates and the 40 sell low candidates of our original 120 sample size. Remember, this is the whole idea of the video. We're buying these players after year one. So going into their sophomore season 
and then we are tracking we are tracking the value that they bring you from years two three four and five so i took the player's profit and price after the three years that you bought them and i averaged that out if it was minus 11 or better they held or gained value if it was minus 12 or lower a full round or worse if you lose a, a round of value on your player I'm going to qualify that as losing value when you take that into account we had 20 of the 37 buy highs gain or hold value and only nine of the 40 sell lows gain or hold value and you can visualize that in this pretty pretty graph that i made you can see the last two bars of the average player that's kind of the control group this is the amount of players in the original 120 that gained or lost value as you can see on the far left we have the buy highs that was the only group to gain or hold value at a higher rate than lose value that's why the blue the blue bar is higher than the red bar on only the buy highs. And I want to say only 20 out of 37 of the group panning out or gaining or hold value doesn't even sound like a high percentage to begin with. But this is the NFL. Players, they don't pan out. They, they age, so they get worse. They get injured. The average player loses value in dynasty that's the whole point of the baseline on the far rate those guys gain or hold value 35 percent of the time while buy highs do this at a 1.5 times better rate than average and they and the buy highs do it at a 2.4 percent better rate than the sell lows that's a big difference so the whole point is what does this tell us the the whole point of this is that year one performers are some of the best bets you can make in dynasty those are the guys that you want to hang your hat on you want to push your chips all in on you want to if you gotta if you gotta take a little bit of a, a little bit of a hit in that trade calculator i'm telling you go do it for those year one performers those guys are dynasty gems and the whole point is to stop chasing these underperformers so the upside is fake now i will say on the flip side if we're just going to zoom out this is kind of this is kind of obvious it's just that dynasty players don't really realize it obviously the data i took the top 50 adp players are obviously going to outproduce and pan out at a higher rate than top 200 adp players but that common sense is something that I think that is lost in dynasty we're not really understanding the whole idea of probabilities these buy low candidates are just bad bets but people still chase them and i think what people think a lot of the times you're buying these players at their floor oh you can go get 100 bucks probably the cheapest will ever be no this is false boys people would have liked to go get people were getting Nikhil harry after year one you know this is a, a discount this is the lowest price will ever be no these guys still have downside even when you're buying these guys after a year year one dip they can still fall and lose value that's the whole point so i went back to the data i looked at after year one of buying one of these sell lows 30 percent became undrafted the following season 42.5 percent became undrafted two years after that 57.5 percent of the sell low players or the buy low players whatever you want to call it became undrafted startup adp values 57.5 percent of the time that value is hitting zero more than a coin flip of the time when you're buying these sell low players and that's even the guys that are going in the top 100 of ADP, top 50 of ADP. You could have ended up paying a top 60 pick for Josh Doxson and end up holding the bag looking like an absolute clown because that value tanked and tanked and tanked until he became undrafted in startups by like year four. When a player underperforms in year one, it should be a massive red flag. It shouldn't be a buy opportunity. I think that's what we have to get out of the, the rut and the, the mindset of in Dynasty. These players not only lose startup ADP, but they probably underperform for a reason. If you don't come into the NFL, the same thing with breakout age, the whole point of breakout age you want the player to come into the NFL early, perform against all odds, players older than them, players better than them. They come in there, they produce because that's what, that's what good players do. And bad ones don't perform right away. There are exceptions, but most of the time it does not pan out. And if even after all of this, you're not convinced, I dug even further, just a little bit further. And I'll be honest, the whole point is that I just spent the last week, the whole reason why I haven't put out a video, like a, a sit down, talk with you guys type video 
has been because this last week I've been I've been doing rankings on Patreon. Go down below, check out the Patreon. I got Dynasty rankings on there. Redraft coming soon, but I also was building this sophomore database so I can use it in the videos. It has rookie players since 2007. Did they lose ADP? What their PFF grade was in year one? Their breakout ratings from Breakout Finds over at Player Profiler. It's got all of that on there, and we're gonna be using it for content, so we're getting our money's worth today, fellas. I want to see how many top 24 seasons rookie face planners make up for. And another shout out to at DFB Encounter. He defined face planners. Face planners. It's a it's a really good, I guess like a dynasty ideology. Players that lose 12 or more spots of ADP after year one are defined as face planners. So you can see by this graph, I went out and checked this out. Face planners make up 10.7% of top 24 wide receiver seasons, 15.9% of top 24 RB seasons, 16.1% of top 12 tight end seasons, and 4.4% of top 24 QB seasons. To put it lightly, that's that's no bueno, fellas. And some of you guys might be out there, but Ron, face planners only make up a small percentage of your database, so the number should be small. You know, if only 50% of the players on your database are face planners, then 16% doing well is, is good. Nope. Of the 759 prospects in my database, 302 of them qualify as face planners. So that's roughly 40%. Even though my top year one performers only make up 60% of all the players in the database, they account for 85 to 95% of top seasons across all the positions. Players that perform and increase their ADP in year one are the ones that perform over the long run. It's the biggest indicator of future success across all positions. Don't tell me about your favorite buy low wide receivers breakout age. I don't want to hear it. Year one performance is king. So when people talk about selling high and buying low in Dynasty, fade the fucking noise, fellas. In Dynasty, everyone obsesses over these buy low players, but because of that, you should leverage that into selling your underperformance and face planners. You know, people, they, they, they're drooling for these buy low players. So give them what they want. Go, go send out offers for Henry Ruggs. You can still get a mid to early 22 second for Henry Ruggs. And I don't really love going out and just trading for a second, but you can package Henry Ruggs. You can package another player. You can package Henry Ruggs in a second. Go get a first. You can package Henry Ruggs and somebody else on your squad and go get a T Higgins, go get a Brandon Ayuk. Those are the guys that I want to plant my flag on and have sit on my team. And to cap it off, we're going to go over the 2020 rookies who qualify as buy highs and sell lows. Remember the buy highs, top 50 startup picks that gained ADP after year one. We're looking at Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, and CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver. We're looking at Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, JK Dobbins, and Jonathan Taylor. And then at quarterback, we don't have Superflex ADP from back then, but we'll just kind of use it for this year. Herbert, Burrow, Hurts, and Tua all look like great buy highs from the 2020 class. Then we have the sell lows. This is gonna to be top 200 startup picks right now that lost ADP from year one to now. We have Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, and Jerry Judy. We have Keyshawn Vaughn, Joshua Kelly, and Anthony McFarland, and then Jordan Love. These are players that don't go out there and field offers for to buy low. They're probably gonna lose value from now until year, two, year three, year four, whenever. Go out there and sell low. If you have a couple of these guys that are on this list, package them up and flip them for a buy high. It's the best thing you can do with your assets and dynasty. But I will give you guys a, a note. Jalen Rager and Jerry Judy don't qualify as face planners yet. So they qualify as sell lows. They still have some hope, Jerry Judy and Jalen Rager. I'm not completely out on either of those guys, but they're trending in the wrong direction. I'd also say guys that almost made the cut, but didn't quite make it that are trending that way. We have Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman. Brian Edwards, they're all in that same range as well. Regardless, I'm done chasing buy lows. Instead, I'm punting them for rookie picks and other players are like those buy high guys. And that's the video, man. If you enjoyed it, make sure you go down below, leave a like, and in the comments, let me know about your view on buy low candidates. Does this all make sense? Are you now a, a buy high and sell low kind of guy? I, I will also say, I'm not saying to sell everything low. You obviously wanna make profits on your trades, but you also wanna target the right players and selling high on players, but then bundling that value into 
the buy low players like Henry Ruggs, whatever value you gained on the trade calculator, you're now losing from putting any type of value into these buy low players. So anyways, give me a fun buy high candidate you think could become a top five dynasty talent in 2021. And this is the type of analysis and type of analytics that I put into my startup dynasty rankings. I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into these ranks, man. If you want to check out any of my dynasty ranks, if you want any one-on-one -on -one fantasy advice with dynasty, if you want me to look over your trades, your startup picks, anything like that, Make sure you go down below, check out the Patreon. It's only $5 a month. You can also follow me at RonStore underscore on Twitter. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one.